Welcome everyone to the Faded Connections episode number 84. We are one week into 3.19 Lake of Calandra. There's been a number of things that we're going to talk about in the podcast tonight. And for that, we of course are joined as always by uh, Diablo 3 streamer Balor Mage, as well as our living encyclopedia Tenki and uh, podcast enthusiast Captain Lance, who is on his second podcast in uh, in uh, well, some 32 hours or so. So welcome everyone. I'm glad you're here. And uh, well, let's start with. Uh, What's amiss, guys? What what's wrong? What 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 is uh what's the problem? There, there seems to be like a kind of negative mood around. There's a negative vibes hanging in the air with the community. Can you guys tell me a little bit about like what's going wrong at the moment? Valor makes. Do, do, do you wanna do you wanna go? Okay. And present the case. You made a video. We all watched that video, right? So. I don't know. I don't know if everyone here has watched my most recent YouTube video. I have not. But basically, basically, I was so I started before there was any drama, before any negativity started spreading. Um, I started as a duo MF build, so MF and a support was the plan. So we started very squishy, very hard to build characters that are not good league starts with the intent of powering through that and going MF right off the bat. Um, which means by the end of day one, we'd already noticed problems, but couldn't quite put our finger on what was wrong. It just didn't feel right, because we've done thousands and thousands of hours of MFing before. We had a pretty good idea of what should be happening and what shouldn't be happening. And it just felt off to both of us, but we didn't know why. By the end of day two we realized absolutely nothing was working and that every single piece of juice that we put in lost us money. And it didn't make any sense. We were wearing what at the time, by midday two of the league, were the best Ventus gambles on the entire server on either trade or on anyone's characters. We owned both of them. Um, we had 10% Sedimas and 19% Boots and, and everything was set up and it just wasn't, and then we thought, okay, I don't know what's wrong, but there's like a lot, something's going wrong here. Every time we add anything, we get no returns. We lose money every single time. And this should be the time of the league where we make the most money because we're in front of everyone. So this doesn't make sense. <clears throat> but until we figure it out, I'm just going to pull off all of my magic fine gear. I'm going to put it in the stash because it'll just gain value because, you know, it's not... It's not. It's too early for people to even be looking for this gear, so it's fine. And I'll just put on real gear, and we'll continue. And that let me move faster. So we we changed back into just Alk and Go stuff, and then suddenly started making way more money with no magic find on and just Alk and Go shit. To and that didn't make any sense. And then by the end of the third day, it was very very obvious. It was incredibly obvious to us that we were dropping at best, at best. 10 to 15% of what we used to drop. And it was, we were unable to maintain any amount of juice in any amount of content that was relevant to us. So none of the things that we ever went for were tiled mechanics. Now, at the time, end of day two, beginning of day three, we didn't know what had happened, right? 
We had no idea what had happened. We had no idea about the quantity and rarity nerfs that had happened. We had no idea that tiled mechanics and arch nemesis mobs were the only ways to get loot anymore. We didn't know anything. We just knew we couldn't do anything and all juice was wrong. Nothing was maintainable. Nothing made any problem. Every single time we did it, we we lose money. We ended up, I ended up re-rolling on day three because my character was useless because the content it's designed to do doesn't exist anymore. I made a bosser to go with my Aurobot because I was like, I need to do something. This, this content still exists. We did bossing for less than half a day and realized both of us hate it. Um, it's just not fun content. We don't want to do it. And we were like, what else could we do? We can do legions. We can do expeditions. We can do essences. And we ran them for about a day and realized we both absolutely hate it. We absolutely hate it. It's not the kind of content. It's not fun. It wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't engaging. We didn't want to do any of it. And so we just split like five days early, five days before we had planned on splitting. And by day five, I've re-rolled a third character, um, which is just like a low investment Alcango mapper that's... <sighs> I got it two maps and then the Diablo 3 stuff started. So I've, I've been playing that, but... In order to try and figure out what's wrong, they put out they put out a post saying a bunch of stuff. Um, there's a bunch of they've got some numbers in their post saying things like um, in certain league mechanics, regular people are only losing seven percent, and that other people in extreme cases are only losing twenty five percent. And my okay, so that, that's experience, also that's already the the, the new po- the the most recent post by Chris that you're talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, okay. Yes. Just, just for context, that there my, was a, what we're working on on Monday, but then... Yeah. All right. Good. And so my, just, my experience and my feelings on the things without any data was that at best, at best, I was dropping 10% of what I used to, and then I suspected it was worse. I was expecting less than 10%. And so we thought, okay, it's time to figure out if I'm wrong, if I'm just being sour about this, I hope I'm just wrong because they've got the numbers. They've got the data. I don't have the data. So let's see if I'm wrong. So I opened a spreadsheet. We worked on all of the previous league mechanics. We worked out all of the multipliers for party quant, player quant, all of those sort of things. We put them into a spreadsheet and we realized that if you do literally nothing and you out can go your map, you might even be, you, you might even be equal. If you run white, un maps with no Atlas passives, you're actually getting more than you were before. And if you do anything more than about 20% of investment, you're losing huge, and it continues to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And then I got all the numbers. Um, there's a few caveats at the beginning of the videos if people need to... Don't just click the spreadsheet. Do watch a little bit of the video, at least the first little section where I explain all the caveats, because there are some things that we don't know, but we have to assume with a pretty wide variety of very experienced people's knowledge that gives us a very good estimate of, like, ranges, right? Like, we know some league mechanics were between seven and 9,000-ish in this range, but we don't have the number, which is why the table is so long, <laughs> because we need to account for the whole range of where it could be because we don't have the numbers. 
So the, the caveat at the front of the video is really important. It explains it way better than I'm going to explain it right now because I wrote like a whole script to make sure I got it right and got the explanation right. But the result is anyone with medium level investment, not, not top 1% investment, but we're talking like you roll your maps more than once to try and get, you know, 75 to 80 quant on them instead of 55, like you, you would scour a bad map and that you might put in one or two scarabs and you might throw sections on from your own inventory, like not, not going out and buying specific compasses or anything like that, like medium level of investment. You're losing at least 70% of your loot at this point. And that's what the numbers say. And then the more you juice past that, the worse it gets. And for anyone at my value, it is somewhere close to 95%. That's what I felt. And then that's what the numbers showed afterwards. And now... I'm reading posts saying regular people will drop 25% more currency and you only lost 7% of your breach and I'm just disheartened and sad and I don't understand where the disconnect is. I do not think there's any malice on their side. I don't think Chris is lying to me, right? Like, that's ridiculous. I don't, I don't think there's any world in which Chris would come out and try and lie to people. Like that's not what I'm saying is happening. But my experience and my math says something way different from what we're being told. And I can't reconcile those two. And at this point, I don't know what to do because all the things that I found fun can't be maintained anymore. I I don't know what to do. Um, I'm kind of curious. So... What is the basically the testing method you did to figure out your old numbers versus the new numbers? What was the like data so, behind that? So we got the new numbers, right? They gave us the new numbers. Everything had a 200 to 300%, two to three times as a flat to make up for all the stuff they took away. So the new numbers is something they told us. So that was, that was in a post, so that's now yeah, in the they, spreadsheet. They different multipliers, what they gave. They <laughs> no. Massive historic bonus, right? Now, yeah. yeah. Now, the, um, the one, massive historic bonus we like, don't have. Yeah. Clarification, though. I believe that is an additional multiplier on top of other existing multipliers. So even just low arch nemesis enemies, like a single mod arch nemesis, will have another modifier. And it's very hard to look at the items dropped on the ground, even comparing previous leagues to current leagues, because they did mention in the post that they turned up item culling. I think it's pretty safe to say that the item culling system deletes things that nobody would ever pick up. And so I think sometimes just looking at the ground will give a worse impression, because you might see 100 items there, but actually 800 were generated and 700 were deleted by the server to save on processing. So, all right. So, the, as far as to answer, like where the old data came from, um, it is, it is. I hope, I hope it's very clearly explained at the beginning. But basically, a lot of them are guesswork. So, because we only have a few numbers, right? We have some numbers of what a red beast would give. We have some numbers of what the uniques in Beyond were, which were like eighteen hundred, which was on top of the actual normal Beyond, um, and we have. We had one other number that I can't remember now um, that was on PoEDB. And we used those three numbers and just 
our, not just mine, but also other people who have done a ton of MFing and a ton of group MFing and like thousands of hours worth of experience to be like, we know these mechanics are three times as rewarding as these mechanics. We know that if I kill 10 mobs in here, I'll get four or five times as much as if I kill 10 mobs in here. And we just sort of estimate it. Because um, we, just, we just don't have access to the data, which is also why I don't think anything goes above 10,000, but I made, I made the thing go to 11,000. Um, and there's like a, that's why, it's really why there's a whole table there. If I had all the individual data instead of a table, it would be like, this is what Beyond used to be. This is what Alva used to be. This is what Breach used to be. Right? Like I would have I written specific things there if we had the data, but instead all I've got is a table that shows you best case to worst case, um, which is the best we can do. <laughs> Just, we just don't have access to more data. So some assumptions have had to be made. Um, and there, there is, I'm not trying to like completely invalidate what you're saying, but there is an issue with just making assumptions. Like, there is, there is. And I'm, I was very clear at the beginning of the video that everything has to be taken with a grain of salt. There are assumptions we've made. I explained why we made those assumptions and that I don't like that we had to. But if you want to start doing any math, you have to do some assumptions, and at least they are based off some form of logic. And like, yeah. I'm, I am sure they're in this area. It's also why the graph is so large. Like I said, it's why it's why it's so large because I don't, I know that this is two to three times as rewarding as this other mechanic. But where does that put it? Does it put it at six thousand or eight thousand or nine thousand? Like I don't know. There's like a whole range. That's where the graph right. is there. I feel like if you act, if we're going to get any sort of reasonable metric outside of getting like 100% exact numbers of every single thing from straight from GGG, it's like we have to look at people who've posted there that I did this exact farm, these are the results, and then do replicate that exact test in the current thing to get some sort of comparison. Yeah, and I did a very subjective version of that. I looked back at some of my live streams with footage from specifically Arch Nemesis. I don't think we can compare Sentinel because it's an outlier. Sentinels gave so much loot that that's colored, I think, a lot of the opinions around this, where, yes, there's less now, but it was always going to feel like less, just like how after Legion, it felt like less, even no. though Delirium, or not Delirium, um, Synthesis. No, wait, Blight, sorry. It's also even though Blight was reasonably rewarding. So I went back, I looked at Arch Nemesis. There were roughly the same number of things when I did a map showing up on my filter now, as there were back then. But that is very subjective. It's very high variance. I did not have you know, a sample of 10,000 maps or anything like that. What I was looking for is, do I notice any differences? Because personally, I felt like loot has felt pretty good all league. And after the changes, it's felt genuinely great. Doing things like stream of consciousness, doing things like three, two, four scarabs. And is that the case of were you doing Alva beyond Delirium or no? No. Because that, that's the situation where you get into the things they cold, as far as I understand it, those are the main things they cold in terms of dialing back their multipliers. So if you compare without those things the, from Arch Nemesis, you're going to get you know a similar result, right? Because you're comparing two things that relatively didn't get the significant change. So I think the test we need is the we have this 100% delirium 
incursion, whatever stacking, an exact data set of that compared to an exact data set of that. But these tests have been done. They were done on day two of a league in standard with standard quant gear and full party MF. And we watched, and we can watch, and it was done a bunch. And then also it was done later on by Snap and MP's team. And this doesn't require a thousand maps. This requires one map. I don't think it requires one map. It, it requires probably so 10,000 to a million to get accurate data. Because right. you have but to count the touch months. So, but it's so obvious that you can tell on the first screen of the first map. That's, it's a night and day difference. This, this is, in the past, one single alpha. On its own, just that one alpha drops more maps, drops more loot in general, more, more currency, more divination cards, more everything, than running 20 fully juiced maps back-to-back does now. That is, that is how big of a difference it is. It doesn't require you to do a bunch to know that it's changed. Maybe it requires 10,000 maps to try and figure out the exact numbers. But realistically, I only made the spreadsheet with numbers on it to try and disprove my own feelings, to try and get out of my own head. The numbers don't actually matter. How the game feels is what matters. And it's horrible. <laughs> I think how the game feels is an important factor. However, GGG can't really anticipate player feeling. So I can see where some of the miscommunication came from, where they looked at. Because what feels bad to you might feel good to me. That if Chris Wilson did a MF-juiced, full beyond map, 100% delirious, on a test realm, he might have had a genuinely good time with it. I feel like if that sentence of they were getting rid of the quant and rarity bonuses on old mechanics was in the patch notes without even having ran a single map I would have already known how bad it was going to be also just to be clear I don't think you can compare old juice to new juice because they did explicitly stay or state we are nerfing beyond heavily this is a massive nerf even in the recent post they said, this is a massive nerf. And so if you're doing testing and you're comparing, you can't compare an alpha with beyond. You have to compare an alpha without beyond because the intent was to remove the loot from beyond. That is not an accident. That is an intentional change. Another point is, should you be dropping 20 Alcongo maps worth of loot from one alpha? Is that like healthy for the game for that to be a result on a normal basis? Okay, um, that's really like, I mean, okay, so let's, <clears throat> let's just run that thought through really quick, right? 20 Alcongo maps, right? And that's not even comparing to 20 juiced maps now, right? That's just 20 Alcongos. Yeah, yeah. okay, so, so 20, 20 juiced maps, 20, sorry, 20 Alcongo maps cost you 20 maps at 4C and 20 Alcs, and you just run them, right? So we're looking at, what, 30 cows worth of investment? The fully juiced ones are 40, or at least in the past, were 40 chaos delirium orbs. Four of those. Alcan, I scour your map until you get 90% quant with beyond on it. That's going to cost you around 70c each time. Now I'm going to get winged scarabs that cost 150c each. I'm going to put four of them in. 
and then I'm going to bring myself and my expensive character and five other friends who also have expensive characters. And I'm going to put all of that knowledge and all of that experience and all of that time and all of that money into one single map. Should it not be significantly more rewarding? I'm now I getting six people's time, six people's experience, and six more juice in one map. Than experience. Party play is not hard. You get all of your problems solved with you. Aura bot, aura bot, curse bot. It's not a complicated problem to have solve. You, have you ever done a six-man party? It's not hard. Have, have you done a six-man party? I think you're overestimating the complexity of that. Because so I've no? seen builds so the answer is no. people that make party play builds, and they don't make good builds. So, so the answer is no? The answer is no. It's not the a complicated problem. You have all of your problems the, solved for you very easily. Games of, Path of Exile is a game of solving problems, and you have all of them very easily solved for you. Right, so, the, so no. The difficulty in running a six-man party isn't that it's a six-man party, it's that it's a ten-man party, including traders and stuff. And the difficulty there comes from... Well, the first part of the difficulty is designing all the builds properly, but that's already been done. Right? So there's, that's all solved. The yeah, part that's, that's a problem, that's a problem is getting six people to show up at the same time and work together. Yeah, coordination. Yeah, it's a people management problem, not a character building problem. I'm just saying I, I don't character the point of why that means you should get more loot. Well, so, well, for starters, at just an Alk and Go level, if I've got six people's worth of time that are coordinated that show up together, that should be worth more than what six times one person's individual time. Yeah. So if right? you run one full map with a six party team, you should get six maps worth of loot, right? Well, I would say slightly, at least slightly more, right? Six okay. people running together yeah, should I, make more I, I than six I'm, times one person on their own. I my think comparison the is the one alva getting you 20 juice maps worth of loot. Yeah, right? I think the problem is Which the magnitude. map gives you eight jet moot maps worth of loot. Not the content itself. That, yeah, I agree with Captain Lance here that one single alpha, a small portion of a map, shouldn't have been as exponential as it was, and that, that very much felt unhealthy for the game in the same way that things like Nemesis 3 and Nemesis 4 currency did. But it's a matter of how much should that extreme have been tuned down, and did it go too far? There's also an additional layer of complexity here where early on, a lot of people's prices were anchored based on previous leagues for things like winged scarabs. It could be that part of this whole change is GGG does not want a winged scarab to be 130 chaos. They want, through its rewardingness and or rarity, for it to be 30 chaos, for it to feel more approachable to more people, but it also has to be less rewarding as a result. I'm not saying all the numbers are 100% correct yet. I'm just saying that I can see reasons behind why some of the changes were made and that I don't think the intent behind it is bad. I think the intent behind it is actually very good for the game. The implementation is just problematic. So okay, can I quickly, before yeah. we go down that road, I just wanted to quickly provide some context for the numbers you said earlier. I believe you did, did you mention that 
you're specifically looking at the loot from old leak mechanic monsters, from monsters that have spawned through leak mechanics in your map. That's specifically what you're looking at. Not other monsters, sure. not not the arch nemesis stuff, that, not the bonus loot that yeah. we get from bosses and stuff. That's all exclusive, not the white monsters that are in the map anyway. Yes. But you're just looking at the, the leak mechanic monsters. And, um, and yeah. And the, the, the problem, the reason that falls apart between like my experience and other people's experiences is that in my maps, we're talking 90 to 95% of them are, of the mobs in my map are League Mechanic mobs. Well, Whereas if you just Al can go, you're looking at 30 to 40% of the mobs in your map are League Mechanic mobs. So the nerf is affecting only this amount of the mobs and then the buffs, which are relatively static, affecting all of the new things that are in. So you're like, most of your Alkengo strategies, if you're really paying attention, you're probably only 5 to 10% worse off than you were before, which is a very manageable amount. And well, it's more than compensated fine. for by the fact that we get high rarity bonuses on the map bosses now, and we get the occasional arch nemesis that pops out good loot. Um, also, do we know the baseline bonuses for 1 and 2 mod arch nemesis rares? I I don't I don't remember because that seems like an important piece of the conversation that's been missing, and that's going to affect everything. That's going to affect league specific. That's going to affect regular in endgame mapping. Everything has arch nemesis modifiers, so that adds a baseline bonus that needs to be factored in, which is replacing the old bonus. I don't which know is, what the number is, though, unfortunately. Which is, at least from my point of view, has made a lot of my gameplay now feel like I'm hunting loot goblins. The loot goblins that can fight back, but it's like, nothing drops, nothing drops, nothing drops, nothing drops. Ooh, I found the right combination. Here's one mob that can drop me some loot. Okay, back to nothing drops, nothing drops, nothing drops, nothing drops, nothing drops. Hunting for another one. Where's my loot goblin? What? Loot Goblin, are you looking for? Is it just Solaris Touched, or is there another one you care about? I mean, I like the I like the all unique one as well. That's like fun. Even yeah, even even if it doesn't drop me like a good, I don't care if it doesn't drop me a headhunter. The fact that it drops a whole bunch and one of them could have been still excites me, right? So that's that's still that's still exciting. You know what I don't care about is I got another hundred and twenty armor scraps. Right, like that's not like the first time I got seventeen flasks on day one. That was cool. Uh, I, I got all the flasks now, though. That's not a thing. I've still been quietly profiting off of the seventeen flask drops because I just throw a couple transmutes or alts at it and sell it for fifty k. Oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm still doing that. I'm just not excited by it. So something I want to get out of the way right at the beginning. Um, right near the start. I should have said this at the beginning. I want to be very clear on this because a lot of people don't understand. These juice groups, like I was, like I, I do in smaller groups or solo, big juiced MFing, that sort of stuff, um, all the way up to the very large groups, like Snap and MP's MF group that start for the first two weeks, right? And they do like full rarity colors and all of that stuff. I want to be very clear. None of that gameplay has ever been really, really profit-driven. And what I mean by that is we're not playing that content because it's the most possible profit we could make. Every single one of those people, including me and that whole group, 
if we all separated individually to run single player stats and we played with the same vitriol and the same knowledge and the same amount of time and then we looked at the amount of money we collectively make, it would be significantly higher if, we would, if every one of them was doing different solo strats on their own and then just combine their currency at the end. They would make significantly more money. I would also make significantly more money if we went straight for only the things that give the most amount of profit. So when I say it's not profit-driven, I don't mean we weren't making any profit. And I don't mean we weren't registering the profit. Of course, we were tracking the profit. The profit is exciting. We, you use it as a measure of success. You enjoy this the time league, with friends, right? Just like, you yeah, know, like this league, we board. made this much, which was less than we made last week league or more than we made last week, this strategy, etc. Right? Like there are individual players who make significantly more than Snap and MP's team does once they split their currency, right? Like by the end of that two weeks, there are individual players with way more money. Yeah. So when, I, when I'm saying it's not profit-driven, I don't mean we're not trying to make profit. I mean profit isn't the one deciding factor, right? Like, yeah, it's but still profit. It, it is still be, good money. Should, you should make profit, though. It shouldn't be you're yeah. breaking even slash losing money. So we, right. we should, we, yeah, we, 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 are, we do want to make money, but when I say it's not profit-driven, it's really excitement-driven. It's dopamine-driven. We want to be able to play with friends and have that be sustainable, right? And the exciting part is to force the rarest items in the game to drop on the floor through how well, whatever level of juicing that we have to do. Like last league was one of the most fun leagues I've ever had because I managed to force a mage blood and a headhunter raw on the ground. And that that's that's really exciting. There's a reason in my like top juicing MF filters. I still have Skyforce on my filter because it's like a tier zero unique and it's incredibly rare. The boots are worth 2C, but I still get a big dopamine hit when I find them in my map. They're, they're huge. I get excited about it. I like them, right? And, and I'm still like, I'm still like ah, Skyforce, look, one of the rarest items in the game. I have them. They dropped on the floor in my map. I don't even pick them up because they're not profitable. I just leave them on the ground, but I get excited by it. So the excitement <laughs> comes from that. Right? On that note, I have like, a question. When, if I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It, no, Finish go ahead. Thought. Um, a lot of people have brought up to me that, you know, since Empyrean and his group quit, and probably a lot of other magic find groups uh, of like the high juice kind also likely quit or reduce their playtime significantly this league this early. A lot of people are saying that mm -hmm. the economy is collapsing or not working the way that it was working previously because of those groups contribution to the economy and i was curious as to your insight regarding that like are those groups straight up beneficial for softcore trade or is it like a give and take because a lot of people are saying these people There's make the make the negatives. make the economy flow these people make make a uniques available these people <laughs> give a stable yeah. price to scarabs and currency and i'm not i don't know enough about softcore trade dynamics so i i can't judge this but in my perception i would assume that also they make things devalue faster right they they cause inflation because they yeah. drop so, so much stuff that the average guy who drops the shafts on the ground cannot sell it for a lot because they already listed 20,000 shafts on the trade side. So, so this, yeah. this, part, this part is my expertise. Yeah, I also um, have 
an angle, which I don't know if it'll agree or disagree with you. Then that's you the exciting thing. I don't, right. I don't mind. So, or not. I think that very often the visible examples of this are overstated in terms of their impact. MP's group and all the top producers definitely have an impact on the economy. It is definitely a give and take. There are positives, there are negatives. But that's the tip of the iceberg. And by the tip of the iceberg, I don't mean that's the tip of the iceberg and it goes 100 feet down. I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg and it goes 100 miles down. Because you also have bot farms running thousands to ten thousands of accounts that GGG is constantly in a game of cat and mouse, their currency generation versus GGG's ability to remove it before it impacts the economy. That there are so many factors here. Yes, there is some positive influence from someone like MP buying winged scarabs. But there's also a botter that generated 1,200 winged scarabs and got banned. And if they ever got to sell them, it might completely ruin the economy. We've had times where dupes existed and markets just imploded instantly because GGG did not stop that. So I don't think it's a disaster. What I think people are seeing the effects of is twofold. One, there's been a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty. There's been a lot of people who tried to sell something based on an old price and were unsuccessful and found that the new price was actually very different from what they knew. Two, mm -hmm. there is a reduction in players as compared to some previous leagues. Depending on how far back you go, it's actually not necessarily that far out of line, but we're also talking about years now, so that might not be particularly relevant. There's a reduction in players. That's going to have a much bigger effect because of the aggregate. MP's group might be 100 players. Might even be 1,000. But how does that compare to 10,000 players? Well, it's 10% of the impact. Also, MP hides a lot of the things on his filter. So his impact is specific items. Mm -hmm. He might not change the price of a cold iron point because it's not worth his time to pick up. He might change the price of a shavs. But someone else might be picking up cold iron points so those 10,000 players have a bigger impact on the price of cold iron point and a smaller impact on the price of shafts. Yeah, so so mo most of that, uh, in fact, all of that, all of that I agree with. Um, but negative and positive impacts of like, I mean, for starters, we're just using Snap and MP's group as an example because they're the front-facing content creator group, right? There are there are many many other groups that do exactly the same sort of thing that they're doing every week, and there are also many groups that are more successful at it than they are. There are groups that make significantly more money generally speaking, than their group. We talk about their group a lot and they receive a lot of the flack when it comes to topics like this because they're the content creator front-facing group of people who do this, right? But I just want to be very... It's not just them. Like, there's a, there are a lot of different groups around that do the same thing, all right? It's not a bad some of them less do, successful, though, right? some of them more successful. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of it going on. Um. However, as far as the market goes, I think there's a lot of positives and a lot of negatives when those groups exist. For instance, if you, if you get your winged scarabs, they're worth more if all of your juices are enjoying the time. Right now, you drop a winged scarab, it's worth 15C. Lastly, you would have got 150C, right? That's a bad thing. Um, but there's also some things that are significantly better if you drop them on the ground now. For instance... Um, lastly, as just a solo player, I was dropping four or five Aegis Auroras a day in my own maps um, with like full, full juice. And that was just me with one player 
Quant. And so if you now as a regular player find an Aegis Aurora on the ground, you'll find it to be worth 15 divines when an experienced person from the past might be expecting it to be two or three divines by now. But it's now 15. So if you find one of them on the ground, that's much better. And that's, that's the sort of level of item that will get devalued by all of the MF groups that might be nearly as affected by like bot farms or like regular people because those are those things are disproportionately picked up inside those maps compared to a lot of other things, right? Also, they kind of require or scale off of rarity. Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah, so some things are better and some things are worse. And whether that's a positive or a negative, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it's all of this is mixed in at the same time as swapping around the Divines and Exalts, which even on its own, if nothing else changed would have done complete haywire to the entire market. Ridiculous things going on. Just that on its own. No one has any clue what's going on. Like, that on its own would have screwed everything. I don't like the idea that, like, oh, it's ruined the market because I have nothing to compare what a ruined market would look like or what a healthy market looks like now that divines are the number one currency instead of exalts. I have no idea what a healthy economy even looks like in that state. I have nothing to compare it to, so I can't say it's profit. I can't say it's like ruined or better or worse because there's I, we don't we don't have a metric to compare it to. They changed everything at the same time. I don't uh, feel this like might be how it is. The exalt divine change. Now it's like exalts would have been a similar price at this point in the game, maybe a little bit less. I think divines will keep going up, and then we'll are, we'll start to see a disparity. But as of like this portion of the league, it feels very similar to me. And exalts being would have been one fifty C at this time. Divines are like one seventy now or whatever. So I feel like currently, just one weekend, it feels similar. Later on, as we get later in the league, I think maybe that'll change. As you know, you get to the point where. Later on, league people are actually probably wanting to perfect their roles on items, and divines are going to start getting like chewed through. People start meta crafting, and we might really see this the, the skyrocketing price of divines and actually be in a very different economy. So I, I'm waiting to see what the impact will look like actually in some time. I also want to say earlier I wasn't trying to specifically attack you and what you do, Valor. I was oh, no, probably off base a little bit. I don't want to mean offense to you. Hopefully, hopefully you don't take it that way. I I don't. I don't think I'm capable of getting offended. It's fine. You can say anything. Cool, cool. Yeah, and I like the direction that a lot of things in the economy are taking right now because right now there are so many unique items that you can pick it up and identify it and look at the rules and go, oh, that's 5 to 10 chaos. That's sellable. They'd be one elk right now. Or they'd be hard limited to about 12 chaos even for the best possible thing, because of the price of divines and the ease of re-rolling it. That's a good thing that's going to positively impact all players in the long term. And I think that right now, my biggest problem with the patch is that it really feels like half of a patch. I think that GGG had a vision for loot, loot 2.0, call it whatever you want, just like how they had a vision for defenses and we got half of it in 319, and we're going to get half of it in 320. A lot of things felt bad in 315 that felt excellent in 316. I don't think anyone else here will disagree, and feel free to chime in if you do. Defenses in 316 felt better 
than they had at any other time in my memory playing Path of Exile. It would not surprise me if loot also feels better in 320 than any other time. But no plan survives contact with the enemy. There are things GGG could have done better. There are also some level of players need to experience it. It needs to be seen in a live environment. We need test data or player data from actual hundreds of thousands of live players making illogical, irrational human decisions before we can actually make this good. Yeah. Um, oh, please, please, go the, ahead. The other thing I've been saying a lot, I've been making a habit of saying it a lot, is just to anybody listening, just because I'm sad and upset, it's because I'm directly in the area of stuff that's been hit the hardest. And I think it's been hit by a super unreasonable amount. I think this is like super unreasonable. Their numbers are way off. Uh, but just because I'm not having fun and I'm off playing Diablo already doesn't mean that doesn't invalidate your fun. If you're not the same kind of gamer and you're just running around doing your legions or your Alcango maps and stuff and you're having a great time, please don't let anyone's negativity like affect your ability to have fun. Like if you, if you're enjoying the game still, you more power to you. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I'm super happy that anyone's having fun. Right? It's it's great. I'm I'm jealous, but like don't don't let me take away from your fun, please. <laughs> That's the thing I'm worried about the most. Anytime I speak about the negativity I have, is I really don't want to like drag other people's fun away with my opinions. <laughs> That's a very positive thing to say, and I'm afraid that to a large part. That has already happened as we've seen a mass exodus of players. This league has seen some of the worst retention that we've had so far. And more than half of the players who started playing in 3.19 league start are already gone. And that's something, you know, now that you bring that up, I felt already that like most of the people who left are probably not the people who are directly impacted by the changes to that extent. But they're probably people who were either influenced by content creators to perceive the game as worse than it actually feels for them. Or they were people who were aspiring to play the content that content creators are playing, that the, the Magic Find groups are doing. And for them, the fact that that is not worth doing at the moment, at least that's what they hear from everyone who's been doing it extensively, makes them give up on their dream of ever getting there themselves because, you know, like it's not useful anymore. But yeah, that, that connects the whole conversation to the topic of communication, which has been like a really big problem here. And now that Tanky just said the worst part of this league is that it feels like an incomplete league. I'd like to link that to communication as well, because Chris Wilson said as much in his post for a number of things Chris said that we didn't have the time to do the testing that was needed to deliver this posit or, or in the right value. And if they knew that the, that was going to be the case, they could have just told us ahead of time, that, or they should have told us ahead of time. There was no reason for us to assume that a loot rework is happening at all, right? No one of us knew that that was mm -hmm. one of the focus points for this league. And in the meantime, for the past year or two, everyone has been complaining about how broken loot is in Path of Exile, how many items we have to filter out, how many 
items are needlessly generated impacting performance, we now have an option that makes items not have a 3D model when they're not shown by your filter and so on. And now basically Loot 2.0 is happening in front of our eyes. We, we can see how they're basically from the ground on up fixing the game. And we're all super upset about it, mostly 90% because the communication about it was not the way that it needed to be for the for the community to understand what's going on here. I, 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 do, I do wonder if I would still be this upset if I knew everything going into the league. I actually it's, wonder if that's why I'm not so upset, because maybe this was random chance, but when I heard that they are reworking how rare monsters work and how they started immediately talking about loot, I was like, oh, they're finally implementing loot 2.0. This is going to be a massive change. I went into the league mentally prepared for a massive change in loot. And maybe that clicked with me by random chance. Maybe it's because as part of a lot of the content that I make, I do a lot of research on old things GGG has said. So I reread things. I look at old videos. I, I was looking at ExileCon statements because I was thinking of making a video on ExileCon. And I realized, oh, right. The things they said at ExileCon are happening now. This is what they meant at ExileCon. This is Arch Nemesis. This is the Beyond rework. This is Loot 2.0. And maybe that's why I took it so much more positively, where I feel like, one, the communication was a problem. Two, the rebalance of rare monsters is a problem. And three, overall, the communication has been terrible. And I'm not sure how to solve it because it feels like the communication has been bad on both sides, both from the community towards GGG and from GGG towards the community. Uh, so it's, it is hard for me to figure out in my head, though, like whether I would still be this sad or upset if I knew everything moving in. Well, my thought like, experiment would be that you imagine that they say, hey, we planned this really cool big rework we can't get the numbers right without your help. We can't do this internally. We don't have enough testers, but we're going to do this league. What we do every league, we're going to just put it out, but we're going to put a date on it. We're going to say, you know, 10 days or 14 days or whatever into the league. This is when we're going to evaluate all your feedback. And that's when reworks happen. That's when we rebalance everything according to the feedback that you give us. And then instead of having a league being put out where that ought of already implies that when GGG puts out something, they put it out in the way that they'd want. That would straight away give the, the community the idea, well, this is not final. They're not sure whether they want it like this, and it's going to be changed. But right now, with just two posts for them, I think we're just left hanging, and a lot of people are just don't know whether this is the game that GGG wants to make, whether they want it to be different or not. I mean... Can you tell me from the post that Chris wrote, can you tell me, Chris admitted that in very juiced content, up to 90% of loot is missing. And now whether that's really 90% or 95 or a different number, he admitted that a significant portion is missing. But do you know from that post whether that's intended by GGG? Do you know actually whether they want people to fully juice their content? Or do you know whether they want diminishing returns? Do you know that they want a sweet spot beyond which it's not worth to juice the maps? Because I don't. I don't feel like I know anything. I, I just... I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just, just really sad. I'm trying to make sure that I have, like, measured, thought-out responses to everything instead of emotional ones, but 
feel like I've also never been this sad before about Pee-wee. Hmm. Well, I guess uh, this is the right point to to bring some fresh air in and to to you know Balor got to tell his story now how how he feels and how the league start went. Lance, do you want to tell us a little bit about how your personal perception of the game has been going in the past week or so? Well, I'm the exact example of somebody who doesn't uh, juice too much. I just like to do a variety of content. I'll can go do bosses. So my experience was. Entirely different, and I think my experience would have been what the vast majority of players had, because I don't think anyone can argue Fowler isn't a top one percent of the one percent of the min maxers, right? In terms of juicing content, and uh, so I, of course, enjoyed. I didn't have issues with loot or anything like that. I had honestly a better experience. I know people Fowler said after I got the seventeen flasks, I didn't want to see him again, but. To me, that's just a, a, a thing that is really nice to get early on because I always have to end up trading for more flasks every time I'm doing a new character. And that saves me five trades per character at a bare minimum. Same thing with whetstones and blacksmiths. That saves me having to go buy baubles. I got gem cutters. It saves me having to go buy gem cutters. A lot of these things, I know they're not super valuable loot, but they, they give me the ability to... I don't have to go trade for that because it, it actually is something that's given to the player at a regular basis versus something that previously I never got loot for. Another thing I was very positive about that I think everybody is underselling or undervaluing is the impact of fractured items dropping on a extensively regular basis. The ability to get that regularly makes player power much, much higher for the low investment people. You can pick up pretty reasonably cheap, affordable Tier 1 modifiers of rare values like plus 1 skill gem amulets for 100c. That's insane. Previous leagues, those would have been multiple exalts or in this league, multiple divines, right? And you have all this affordability for player power, stuff like that, which I think is a really cool thing they did. And everybody's concerned about this one thing, which is the thing GG screwed up loot. And they quit the game because they've decided the game isn't for them anymore because no loot is dropping, which I think is a tragedy. I don't think it's right that that Battler Mage and people are dropping so much less that they aren't even profiting. That's obviously shouldn't be the case. I think they should be profiting a significant amount that should be worth the time they're putting in sort of thing. Um, I, I also do agree with what you said earlier that maybe it was quite a bit too much in the past, right? Like, yeah, I do, I do think that, you know, six people's time in an MF party should be worth more than one person's time yeah. six times over. Like, because it's, you have to still organize six people to show up at the same time. It's a lot of coordination and effort. It should be worth more. You should get more than one person's worth of reward six times over. But it, it was definitely way too high, right? Like, once we worked out the spreadsheet, by the way, and looked at, like, how things are happening, the most extreme cases were things like 170,000% quantity in certain combinations of mechanics. And I'm like, obviously, that probably wasn't the way to do it. And that... I'm fully on board with like the philosophy that they had of like we need to tone down all of these things and bring up the baselines and everything like that. Like it, nerf necessary, it was too but much. the nerf that we got was way way overkill, right? Yeah, because I, I would agree. I think group play. Personally, I know that you're saying single players. If they played solo, you'd make more. And I I have been told I've heard that many times, and I I believe that too. I think craft like if you just solo crafted, you'd make boatloads of money. But at the same time, I feel like, honestly, group play should 
make more. You're taking time to set up your party to do this thing. It should feel fun and rewarding to do group play sort of thing. So I don't disagree with the fact you guys should be getting value. Yeah, that's like 100% something I agree with. But yeah, all, all I, the point I, think... I was making is, is it a healthy amount more multiplier type of thing in terms of like yeah, the like, drops? Like I think, I think it probably is unhealthy that we were dropping literally 15,000 uniques per map. Like when you think about it, just because we've been doing it for so long, we're used to it. But when you think about it, you're like, that's probably extreme. Yeah. Like even for like proper mid-max group play, that's probably extreme. Like yeah. that could have been that could have been that could be toned down from fifteen thousand to one thousand, and then you're looking at that level of investment and that many players, and you're like, hmm, that end result feels more appropriate. But it hasn't done that. It's gone from fifteen thousand to eight. Like the number eight, not eight thousand, just eight on its own is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the the amount of reduction is. Yeah, so the the numbers are so far off. But the yeah. idea, the idea is great. Also, when I read all of their posts that say like these are the philosophies we're working on, right? Like these are this is what our thought process was. I'm 100 percent on board with all of them. They're great philosophies. They're, the thought behind it, what they're trying to do, I'm in support of everything. What actually has happened for me is that I'm hunting loot goblins now. I get no if I run try and run the kind of content that I find fun. I run 199 maps where nothing happens. And then I run one map where I get 200 maps worth of reward in a single map. And that's not the kind of feeling that I'm after. I don't want that. I want a map's worth of reward every map. Not 200 maps worth of rewards once every 200 maps. I actually think that both extremes are unhealthy for the game. That a map's worth of rewards, every map, can also mean that you will only ever get a map's worth of rewards. That there needs to be things like, let's just say, Apothecary, Headhunter, Mageblood, that are greatly outside the norm. But it feels like the problem, again, is that the pendulum has swung too far now. That we've swung too far towards the extreme rewards infrequently. And that either extreme is bad. That if every one map is only ever one map's rewards, that's bad. If it's, you know, 199 maps drop nothing and one map has all the loot from the previous maps, that's bad. And, I mean, we're not at either perfect extreme, but we've gone from maybe here to maybe here and that it should be here. Yeah, that, that would be, yeah, like, it just, oh, man... Like, let's pick an arbitrary number. Let's say the Arch Nemesis currency conversion dropped an average of eight divines and exalts. That, to me, seems like a nice loot goblin that's rewarding, but it's not 80, it's not 100, it's not 200. I don't know if that screenshot was fake, but I saw a screenshot of 200 combined divines and exalts from one kill. That just seems way too excessive. So the, the, the bit that... I'm not even playing anymore, but the one thing that's upsetting me probably the most right now while I'm not even playing is people who are still playing from my chat who find themselves one of the correct loot goblins, the Solaris Touched, and it's, it's got other mobs with it, and they're like, yo, I've got this Solaris Touched in my map, I'm about to go kill it, and I have to stop them. And I have to say, do not go and kill that. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, if you go and kill that, 
your best case scenario is that you drop two or three divines. If you go to TFT and you tell a TFT color with rarity that you found this mob, they will come into your map, they will take half of your profit, and they will drop 40 divines on the ground. And you will get 20 of them. So they're so rare that if you're a solo player and you kill one, you lose a ton of profit. That's bad. Oh, MF charges apparently only a third. Apparently they only take a third. So in that with that in mind, if normally when you kill it, you're getting a two to three divine drop, which is a reasonable, oh, that's a cool drop. Mm-hmm. Are loot goblins bad, but they're just are not bad, but they're made bad when you have MF gear as a factor? Because that makes it so you're making the wrong choice because you don't have MF gear? I I think I don't know. I don't I don't know. The part of the problem is it's only those that's the only mechanic that cares about MF anymore. Like I don't want to MF a map. Isn't I only MF want to MF the same that multiplayer one for everything? monster type. Yeah, but nothing else drops anything. But it's relative. Like a hundred four hundred percent times zero is zero. So if you find the one mob that is rewarding, you times that by four hundred percent is great. So for example, if I had MF gear, you don't. That wouldn't multiply the fractured item drop. For example, um, no, it does. It does. It affects and arch nemesis essentially. So there's rewards like fractured items, where if you were dropping fifty fractured items every time you did it, or or more. I don't know how much the multiplier is, but there are many, many fractured items that are well worth high value in the current game. Like. An example of one I just looked up today was a fractured plus one lightning spell, profane one, which is like 25 divines at the base cost type of thing. And you, there's a lot of cases across all the different item slots for fractured mods that are high, high value. So, like, I don't think you can say that Solaris is the only valuable thing that gets multiplied by it because there are things you regularly find, like fractured items, and you see those. No, you, you're, you're right. It is, it is all. All Arch Nemesis stuff is worth it. But none of those are worth it to the extreme that you should stop and not kill that mob yourself and spend the time going into a Discord server to look for someone to come and kill it for you. Right? To like double the amount of fractured items that drop on the ground isn't worth that color's time or your time to go and get them from TFT, wait for them to come into your map and kill the mob for you. It's yeah. not, that's not worth it. You shouldn't do that, right? So there's only there's only one mob that's worth that, and I I don't I don't know what the solution is to that, but I do not like, and I'm I'm a big TFT enjoyer. I've always liked TFT. I use it a lot. I've used it a lot in the past. It's still alive now. The changes to Harvest didn't kill TFT. TFT is fine. I like TFT. I hate the idea of going to TFT to get an MF color to come into my map. I'm not going to do it. That doesn't sound like fun. I'm not going to do it. If I come back in and if I come back, I will come back to POE and play more. I'm not done with the whole league. And when I come back, I'm not going to go to TFT. I'm just going to accept that I'm going to lose 10 or 20 divines or however many it ends up being. So I'm just going to accept the loss. Basically, just like a FOMO mechanic for some people is what it is. You like Um, think in the back of your head, you know, I'm losing divines because I'm not getting the MF color. I mean, it's not, it's not even really, it's not even really. I don't know, F- FOMO kind of feels to me like it's a 
almost a fake thing. This is a real loss. Like this is a real measurable loss. Um, I think in your average Alkengo, you probably only end up with like 10 to 15 divines dropping. It's not like the full parties got when they were getting like drops of 50 and 60 like that. You won't get that out of your just average map that you get a color in. Right? That's... But it's still like, it's still, yeah, opportunity cost is probably better. I think FOMO feels to me like something that's fake. So, but this is a real measurable number. I think FOMO yeah. is the right word here. You're thinking of it fake in terms of fake hype versus the reward is real. And I think the reason that FOMO does apply here is there is still that artificial pressure on how you should be playing the game. That because the drops get multiplied by an MF color, there's an artificial pressure that will always be at the back of your mind of, if I don't do this this way, I will not get the better thing because I know the better thing is real. Just like how if there's FOMO of, you know, one hour sale, this game is on sale, 95% off for the next hour. You know, in the back of your mind, if I don't buy it now, I'm losing that value of the 90% off sale. The way I'm thinking about it is if, if it's the problem that you have to go get an MF color, the solution is either MF can't be a thing or that loot reward can't be a thing, which I think would be a bummer for a lot of people. I think a lot of people would like getting randomly two or three divines. And I think that's like a random, cool, exciting reward that can occur. So does it make, you have to make that one reward not multiplied by MF and make MF worse? Do you have to get rid of that reward and then that reward doesn't even exist? I like, I'm perfectly okay with knowing that somebody else is getting 40 divines. I'm happy the fact that I dropped the two to three divine thing. And I was like, oh, that's a cool thing. That doesn't usually happen. Personally, I've never dropped multiple exalts or multiple divines. And if it happens in the future, I will be excited if it happens. I played softcore cool trade and betrayal, and I got three exalts from Jorgen. <laughs> yeah, that, I feel like that's if I got one of those drops from betrayal, I'd be like, "Whoa, three! I've never really dropped one." You know, I don't know. I got five from Expedition ones wow. from a chest. It was. I was so sad that I was not recording it because I've recorded several there, two or three, but never the five. Damn. But, yeah, please, if you wanted to still finish your thought on the arch nemesis thing, Benz. I was just going to say, in reference to not recording things, I finally dropped my first Mirror of Calandra, and of course it was on a run where I was like, I'm not going to work. Well, actually, before the run, I was like, I'm going to record this so I can put this as B-roll footage for this build or whatever. And I forgot to hit the record button, and then I dropped the mirror, and I have the sitting in the thought, and I thought, and I'm like, I was going to record this. What kind of run was it? Was it on a lake? Uh, So, and it was like, I don't know, it was just like, I was still like freaking out when it happened, but... Where was it? Where did you drop it? Uh, it was betrayal. It was after I um, uh, interrogated the person, or, or no, no, it was when I killed Ashley. Ashley was like one of the person people that came in. I killed Ashley, and she dropped the mirror. I was like freaking out, and it was just like basically this was me doing some prep league. I was like, this is maybe a build I'll start next league type of thing, and just completely random, no juice involved, super RNG scenario type of thing. Sorry, this is completely off track. Uh, last week, I killed the boss of Strand. Just running through, I don't think I even alked it because I think I was just seeing how many essences do you get from a white scoured map. I mean, not mm-hmm. white tier, but scoured map. I killed the boss, made blood on the floor. And I almost 
didn't mess over because I was like, oh, a heavy belt. That's a bait. Then I was like, oh, no. I have to check. Sure That's enough, mage blood. That's, that's the belt. You, you don't check. You don't check. It's the end of the league. You just leave it there. Well, this wasn't the end, though. This was like a month and a half in. Oh, no, you definitely check. <laughs> yeah, you check then. I... I had I had someone in chat two days before the league end be like, I found a mirror, guys. No, no. And I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. Not for, not I'm like, it's the second last day of the league. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> the wrong time. The wrong time. Oh, well, wouldn't that have been right in time to still buy divines for it in standard? Uh, <laughs> the price, I think, was already dumpstered by then, right? Okay, never mind then. Yeah. So about the Arch Nemesis uh, rares, the, the reward conversation, I thought that was really interesting uh, that they changed that. But similar to how people were complaining about Arch Nemesis not having any agency last week, I feel that the reward system for Arch Nemesis is A, cool and interesting to have that, but B, because it lacks any sort of agency, it's pretty inconsequential for the most part, with the exception of the, you know, Example that you named when you find the Solaris touch that now you have to get someone who calls it for you. Um, or maybe like a very tanky drought bringer, the drought bringer being the mod that converts everything to flasks. And most of the time, except early league, Lance and I, and maybe you guys enjoy some flasks, but for the most part, you don't want all your rewards converted to flasks. So if the monster is hard to kill, you would skip that. But for the most part, I don't think it really changes anything. There's no monsters where normally you wouldn't kill them. And now because of the reward, you want to kill them or vice versa monsters that normally you'd kill. And now you skip them. There's, there's very few of them. And I, I just wish there was some sort of some layer of agency to arch nemesis. Like if you had the ability to somehow pull monsters together and combine them somehow or, or something like that. Would be I mean, there, would make there the reward system like cooler that, for me. Is, okay, metamorph, which, which is metamorph, right? If you run metamorph, and say you get a magma barrier and you get a soul soul eater, well, I basically there's like there's one that makes things six. The conduit, I think it's soul conduit, right? What's yeah. that? Basically, you're right. It's either soul conduit or soul uh, soul eater. I don't remember together exactly. in metamorph to get like oh, I want six links, but it's still a rare result that you'll get metamorph on both of those types in the map, it'll be more common because you can force them together, but still rare. Right. Yeah, so that I was aware, but I had blended it out. So that is really cool that, at least on Metamorph, you have that interaction. I just wish there was more of it because I, I find it interesting, but since there is like almost zero agency for me, it's like, it just, okay, the things just come and they happen and I, I take notice of them, but I, I'd find the system way cooler if there was something that I could do with it. The influence a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Some... Go Sorry, go All right, I was I was gonna say like maybe if they had some sort of situation where scarabs may be a bad example, but maybe say you have a scarab that says more likely to occur this specific rare type or some sort of control over the type of arch nemesis monsters you could potentially find, sort of thing. If you could forcibly try to create those. Uh, outcomes more often or something like that maybe it would make sense? I don't know. It's interesting because we never had any real agency over rare monsters in Path of Exile. There was always random modifiers that would roll. And one thing that I heard a lot of in 3.18 about Arch Nemesis was it's not rewarding enough. People didn't really talk about agency that much though. 
And so I think what we're seeing now with Arch Nemesis is a response to the idea that if my monster is going to be harder, I want it to be more rewarding. And now the idea is, because these rewards are meaningful, can we have agency for it? So it might mean that in the future we get agency. It might mean that GGG says, no, we have to draw the line here because we know players will just optimize for the best reward if we give you that. And then we have to balance around players optimizing for the best reward. And we don't want to do that with this system. We want it to be out of players' control so that you don't have to optimize it. And I'd actually love to see a development manifesto talking about those two choices and why they're going to go with the one that they eventually go with. I want a lot more manifestos, dude. I, I need so there's so many gaps in my knowledge around about what's currently going on with the path of exile and the direction that they're taking. Which, yeah, I mean, I've said it earlier a little bit. I, I feel like ninety percent of the crisis that we have right now could have been averted with the appropriate communication. Which is not to say that the communication is particularly bad, right? I mean, there was some really good things that Chris said in that in that post. I'm just, I just feel like there's too many. Too many points where we're left in the unknown. Um, we might want to change Discord servers real quick. Just reading chat. Apparently, you're hearing bad stuff and quality things. Stuff. It sounds fine on my end, but I'll, I'll change it. Yeah, there was artifact a little bit. You're right. Uh, which one do we go? Let's try this. Should be better. I mean. Uh, testing, testing. Hello, hello. A camera should reappear in a second. Hopefully it works. There, there they are. Is that better, chat? Everyone happy? Well, chat decides if they're happy. I have to pee. I drink way too much water. I, I, I've realized now I can't get through an entire podcast without having to pee. Because every single okay. podcast I've been no, on... Normalize peeing during podcasts. In the middle of it. Don't, don't make fun of me too much, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I heard if you up this jug. <laughs> if you hold it in for too long, it, it can damage your prostate. So you definitely don't want to do that. So. See, I don't have any water in reach, but that's because one, it's a good reason to get up and take a break, and two, this way I can't ever spill it on my keyboard. <laughs> if that's... it's just plain water, it's okay to spill it. But yeah, Ooh. getting up still good for me. Let me quickly take a glance. We already covered a lot of ground. We probably want to go into harvest next. We did talk about scourge beyond, not specifically, but as a part of the the juice conversation. To talk a little bit about Narch Nemesis. I think the the big points we still want to touch are harvest and the Lake of Calandra mechanic. Maybe a little bit more of our uh, subjective experiences. If they're good, if they're worth sharing. <laughs> uh, I We talked a little bit about this before the podcast, and um, just to be very clear with the community, uh, Balor said something that I thought was very fitting, and that is you can be completely upset about the changes, and you can be uh, very critical of what is going on and still not be an asshole. And um, basically, I've seen a lot of bad communication. Like Tanky said, there's been bad communication from both sides, but from the player's side, the communication has been 
dragged into a very destructive tone and a very neg it's a very negative environment for communication right now from the player side specifically and there's been all kinds of bad things there's been parroting of the same sentiments without like fact checking or anything people were just parroting the same numbers the same throwing around the same vocabulary and the, the same misinformation partially and that that's really bad practice there's been um doom saying there's been like uh, hate speech and there's been personal attacks against grinding gear games and, and staff members there and i just want to make very sure that everyone is on board with the fact that we condemn that and that we do not support any <laughs> any violence whether it be physical or um or you know in spoken word I think that GTG is very professional in the way that they treat the community and that they treat content creators and in the same way content creators and the community should honor that professional relationship that we have with GGG because we want this to continue for a number of years. We want the game to be good. And I think we're also, you know, both GGG and the community have sort of the same goal there. We're working on, we're pulling the same string. It's not like we're on opposite sides here. We, we all want the game to be better and to persist into the future. I have a pretty strong opinion of this. Um, I saw, Kurt, this is the first time I've been reading the, tw the Twitch chat, Kurt was saying you have to be toxic or they won't listen. And to me, that's like, we're, we're going to spiral so fast into an environment that I could see it being a situation where you make it so the people who love creating Path of Exile don't want to create Path of Exile anymore because the people they're creating the game for hate them. If, Absolutely. If you keep, if you keep going in this direction of just absolute vitriol and hate towards what they're doing, you don't respect the time and the effort and the difficulty of creating the mm -hmm. game and the fact they are trying to make a good game. They don't hate you, the player. They are trying to make a good game. They mess up. They're human. We're human. You got, I think some level of the grace is 100% needed in these sorts of things, because they're very much people too, and words and stuff like that is, although you might be able to get them to cave to it, eventually you're going to leave them feeling soulless and dead inside if all they get is that sort of response whenever they make any mistake. I don't know. And I don't, it's to take it even to more of an extreme. If you feel like you're going to be attacked, first of all, you're going to cut off all communication. So we're already seeing the effects of that. GGG is already using more PR-style language than the old manifestos, which were often, honestly, probably a little bit too honest with players, maybe a little bit too real about the problems they are facing. That's been cut back. We are seeing more PR statements. We are still factually correct, but they're being stated in a way so people will not get offended and people will not get hostile and people will not personally attack. First, communication will get reduced or cut off because you don't want to say something and think, first thought in your head, I'm going to be attacked for this. How do I say it so I'm not attacked? That's going to frame it more than the important part of how do I make people understand? Second of all, if your reaction is toxicity and toxicity is good, GGG should permanently ban you. End of story. There should be a zero strikes policy for anyone who is harassing or insulting staff. If you are toxic, you're not welcome here. You're not adding anything to the community. You should take a step back, 
and think about how unhealthy your engagement with it is. Because at the end of the day, people will quit grinding your games over that. I, when uh, so I, have, I have the same thing going in my in my chat, you know, because I've been one of the more negative streamers. I've been one of the people unhappy and complaining a lot. And I've had I've had a single strike policy in my chat since that started. When it, I'm, I'm very happy to criticize the direction the game's going in, where we are right now, the decisions that were made. But you get you get exactly one pass when someone says something that's over the line, that's in the direction of like directly starting to insult people or starting to be, feel like it's us against them, like they're trying to make a bad game and drive us away. You get you get told off once. You get told exactly one time. No. We are not going there. Coming back from there, we can insult the game and the direction we're headed, and we can insult the choices that are made, and we can be very unhappy about what's going on. But we do not attack the people making the people making the game want us to have fun. It is not an us versus them problem. There are, are, are what I perceive as mistakes happening and decisions that I don't agree with. But that's. That's that's where that line gets drawn. You get you get you get pulled back once, and that's it. Yeah, and the other problem I've seen in chat: some people saying it's just words. It's not just words. Game studios have to deal with arson threats. They have to deal with threats of shootings. They have to deal with bomb threats. It starts as words, and it progresses from there. There needs to be a zero tolerance policy for harassment and attacks. You can criticize the game. I'm not saying that GGG should ban anyone for criticizing the game. Opposite, actually. They shouldn't ban people for criticizing the game. But there is no reason to personally attack staff. There is no reason to threaten staff. There is no reason to harass staff. And if you think that, then you need to seriously take a look at your life. You need to get some mental health services because that is not healthy. You know what's also not healthy? In the opinion of a lot of players, Harvest is not in a good spot after the changes. <laughs> what do you think about the current state of Harvest? Is it is it all dead nice now? Segue. That we, I like that. <laughs> that we don't have suffix and prefix switches. Well done, by the way. That was great. I think Harvest is... Okay, so barring... I'm going to test the mechanics out with... Somebody was basically telling me, like, if you go and start jacking up pack size, that starts maybe doubling harvest monsters you get, which can end up doubling life force and stuff like that, and you can influence how much life force you're getting. At which point, you maybe can actually start crafting these strategies where you get a reasonable amount of life force for the time you do it. Harvest still has valuable crafts to use, and there are applicable crafts with them. And without the keep prefix, keep suffix, reforge to save the savior mirror tier item craft, I think it's perfectly fine because you can still craft very good gear without it. And often the better choice is to craft it without without it. Like majority of the builds I've made the past, I don't know, half a year, never used that craft specifically because there were more efficient ways to craft a lot of the gear pieces I was using. For for example, Eldritch currency gear is just better in most cases than a lot of influence gear. So I think I've always just been getting drove a little bit crazy by this constant reiteration of people saying crafting is dead or you can't craft. And I think it's gro grossly negligent if you tell people they can't craft rather than show them, oh, there's other ways to craft and here's how you do it. 
it'd be yeah. more constructive. Yeah, I fully agree. I think there have been a lot of changes to crafting over the recent leagues. Overall, it's in a pretty good spot right now. Yes, parts of Harvest have been removed. A lot of the most problematic parts were removed. There's also some numbers tuning that still needs to happen. It still feels bad when you get zero life force from a patch. That should be a relatively simple fix in the long term. But overall, it's in a pretty good spot now. A lot of the Harvest Crafts that were removed were in some way problematic, such as Reforge keeping prefixes and suffixes. What that did is it removed fail states from items, especially high-end influenced items. It was a better version of metamods. And so it either needed to have an appropriate cost where it was significantly more expensive than a metamod, which I don't really think would have helped the average player all that much. As a high-end crafting option, it's fine. And GGG seems to be pushing Harvest more in the direction of this is the crafting for everyone, but your high-end crafting is over here with these other mechanics. It's a big change, and change is always uncomfortable. Anyone who is saying crafting is dead right now is doing no service to their viewers. You should be saying, well, this is how you make this. One slight note is the Reforge more likely was also just a very unfortunate bug where the more likely was actually less likely, so people thought it was far more terrible than it actually is. That's that part is fixed now. Yes. Although we did lose much more likely, which right? But that's that's fine. Look, I harvest nerfs. I'm sad to see keep prefix and keep suffix leave because I use them a lot. And there is no replacement for them. There is now fail states for your endgame crafting things that we can't fix without just RNG gambling and a null on it. But I still always thought Harvest was too strong. I think it's probably in a better place now. I, I hate I hate to say it because I used so many of those crafts and I used them to make like really gross endgame items, but like I don't I don't know how much I don't know how good of an option it was to let me reliably craft these disgusting items to begin with. So uh, we've still got so many other ways to craft. Like I don't, it, it became a lot harder for me to make a mirror tier weapon or a mirror tier this or that or the other. It became almost infinitely harder to create like a mirror tier bow for my tornado shot character. Like that's, but also it, it, it should have been, it should never, it, I don't think it should ever have been that easy to make a mirror tier yeah. bow. So I mean, what's special about mirror okay. tier if anyone can do it? If, well, yeah, if it can be made easy. in the cost of one mirror, is it still mirror tier, even if it's the best? Like, I, and like, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm okay with it, even though I'm like, I'm, I'm a little sad on like a personal level that the keeping prefix and keeping suffix is gone. But like, uh, it's probably healthier for the game. I'm probably, ha- I'm probably happy with those changes, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think there's still some tweaking on numbers. I think right now, if you do like full investment into Harvest and you do like a grand design tree, so you're getting like enough extra mobs, uh, Harvest is actually worth running in your maps now. But if you're not doing like full investment into Harvest, I'm still skipping them, which considering that they're really quick to do, 
probably means the numbers are off. Um, but I think I think that's still just like a little value tweak, right? Like drop a little bit more or make the crafts cost a little bit less. I think the idea of what's happened with Harvest is still probably the right direction and probably good and healthy for the game. Uh, there's still it's still so much to craft. When I did my solo self found run, I blocked Harvest on day one. You didn't even need Harvest crafting to begin with. I'm aware it was the best way to do stuff. I just didn't like the way old Harvest works, so I blocked it anyway for fun reasons. Um, but it was never needed to make like basic and decent gear. It was only used to make like like needed used to make like disgustingly good stuff. Yeah. So I'm okay, I'm okay with that. That's it. Really feels a lot like top end power being stripped, and not enough guides and content on how to craft without it now. So right this second, it feels like low-end power got stripped. But I don't think it really did by very... It, it, it did, but not by, not by very much. Not by very much at all. It just... We just don't have a lot of guides out. Like, collectively, we, like, content creators as a whole, don't have enough. Yeah. Here's how you craft now. Here's how we make this. Here's how we make this now, right? Apparently you're muted for stream. All right, I'll um, repeat myself. So that they, <laughs> the the care crafts were mostly feeding. I muted myself because I have no idea. It sounds like my neighbor is killing my other neighbor. I have no, I, I, I don't know. Call the police. <laughs> 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 no, I just, it's not that bad, but like, I have no idea what's going on anyway. Um, what was I saying? Keep suffix, keep prefix were mostly not used by people who found them or like by the, the, you know, your average player, but they would just sell them because they were so valuable. And then when they're bought, picked up by the, you know, the high end people, then they just feed into the, the high end crafting power. And it's probably good, like Tanky said, to remove those craft states. And for the rest of Harvest, I don't even have to say it's probably better or I like, I, I mean, Honestly, I just hated being forced in, into standing in harvest for like 20 minutes trying to figure out which bases I'm going to use, which craft on, and like not being able to store more than 10. Everyone wanted infinite storage. And if, if you would have offered people last league, you know, you're going to get infinite storage, but you're not going to get these handful of crafts anymore. And they're going to be way more expensive. You get like 20 or 10% of the amount of crafts that you got before, but you can store them infinitely. I think a lot of people would have opted into that. Yeah, I'm definitely under that category of it felt so bad in terms of a gameplay loop of this is so valuable I can't skip it but every time I go in there I have to have optimized bases ready to go to take full advantage of this mechanic mm -hmm. and on top of that I have to force myself into I'm now crafting state of mind because I have a limit of 10 storage and once I run out of that storage I now have to craft because I'm losing out on this craft if I don't figure out what to do with this other craft. And it felt so, so bad. So the, the change they made is phenomenal in terms of player quality of life. But the, the life force doesn't exist now. Maybe he's way too low count. That's, that's a tuning error. Like Arch Nemesis overtuned, right? Undertuned, overtuned. I am. Um, yeah. In the past, by day three, I have blocked Harvest. Uh, in the past, before we had blocking mechanics, I just stopped going in. 
I'm I'm always super aware how profitable it is. It just I hated the it just stopped my gameplay in the tracks. Like by the time you encounter your second harvest, your bench is full and you're like, okay, well I guess I have to stop and use these now. And eventually I just became unfun. So even though like blocking it loses me a ton of money, I don't care. I just didn't want to do it. It's not fun. Now at least once they tune the numbers up on just what gets dropped. Well, I'll be I'll be running them even if I don't want to. And I'll, I'll never sell them. I'll just sit on them. And when I decide it's crafting time, you'll have when some money. I decide it's crafting time, yeah. not when I'm forced to craft. I'll just have stuff, and I'll be like, "All right, what can I craft? How can I use these?" Right. My brain's going to the state of like, oh, I swapped a gear piece. I have to change a res on one of these gear pieces. I have to go to TFT because that's yeah. the right swap I didn't have because <laughs> I had the three other ones that weren't the right ones. And now it's, oh, I could just have 750 or whatever the cost is now of that res swap and bam, easy. Yeah, I'm very sad that the remove non-add was gone because it was something that other forms of crafting just couldn't provide. But at True. the same time, I understand why. Because in uh, the patch notes, GGG said they're removing filler crafts and they're removing overly deterministic ones. There were several items with influence mods where there were only one or two results and you could force with remove non-add to put exactly the mod that you wanted onto the item. It was very, very fun, but not particularly healthy for the game. So as much as I am sad that that is gone, and I'm genuinely sad, it was my favorite craft of everything Harvest did. I understand why. Do you want to know what I'm the most sad about with the Harvest change? Day one progression, or day one for me, but like, you know, getting up to and maintaining Atlas completion in tier 16 maps, I lost the ability to just like walk into a map and be like, oh, hey, here's seven free Alks in this Harvest for my maps. My Alks on day one were a lot more difficult when I couldn't just be like, ah, we can just roll all of our maps for free in this garden on day one. Yeah, I feel like that, that was, was great. <laughs> that was one of the things that definitely felt bad is the initial, you don't have that many reforges and that's how you do your early progression. And Hopefully if they maybe are able to interested in tuning it more, for now it has good numbers in Life Force drops. I haven't tested the early maps since they did the change. I don't know how it feels, but I just know I went in there day one and I dropped 10, 50 Life Force and I was instantly like, this is not worth my time. <laughs> yeah, but I think that maybe next league we'll get another league mechanic also that adds monsters directly and loot to your maps like sentinels that last league and then that pressure also becomes lower than you have hopefully some alks and scours to reroll your maps and if yeah. not then you have to go into heist or anything that still gives uh, plenty of rewards now via boxes and uh, friendship ended with harvest tujin is my new best friend exactly or essences, no, not essences, they're too tanky. Um, what kind of crafting can we still do? You already mentioned uh, the Eldritch crafting, which is basically, like, still allows for suffix and prefix re-rolling specifically, but then only on uh, body armors, helmets, boots, and gloves, not for amulets and rings. Um, you, but 
you brought them up, but not in this context, Lance. Essence uh, plus fractured items, right? That's that's yeah, the those, new meta. Those are very, very cost-effective in terms of making extremely strong items. Um, specifically, starting out like with Eldritch, uh, Eldritch boots, gloves, uh, helmet, all those gear slots. Starting out with a fractured mod, you can get very good cheap bases. Myself, personally, I have, I'm building an Inquisitor. I chose Life Regenerate, which is a pretty rare uh, stat to have T1 and good stats with. So I fr had fractured mods of each of those, bought all of them collectively for like ADC. And spamming essences, you just basically do that till you get two other decent mods, which is a pretty common outcome sort of situation. And you have a benchcraft for a five mod item. No reforges required, no extra currency. A lot of that stuff is pretty affordable to do. Uh, and on top of that, if you're going for like perfection, perfection, you can get perfect suffixes with the exact suffixes you want, essence plus fracture plus the exact other mod you're working for, and you can use Eldritch Currencies to finish the prefix pool. So that's the chest boots, gloves, those gear slots, that sort of solves that, making really good pieces for not a lot of cost and still very craftable. As for rings, and amulets in particular, I am 100% convinced the eth Ethereal Mist is by far and away, some of the cheapest power crafting you can get um, in terms of cost per result. And the example I've given a couple different times is, say you have you want to get a plus two amulet with 80 crit multi. The amount of damage that amulet provides is insane. You can make that with a 50% success rate with just one fractured mod, Essence of Scorn, till you hit basically... Two other dead mods, you either annul off the extra mods or annul off one of them. And if you have a three mod item, that's a 50% chance for success for those mods to get doubled and the negative mod to be negligible. And that's insane amounts of damage that you could not touch previously for that amount of currency or investment at one divine for an ethereal mist. That, those, there's cases like that for all rings and amulets where I have a hard time figuring out how I could mentally beat the value of ethereal mist jewelry in the past recombinators being a special exception when recombinators were very cheap and stuff but as they got more expensive throughout the league and specific mods got even more expensive throughout the league even those would have been hard cost-wise to beat the value of ethereal mist so there's stuff like that where you have a large majority of your gear pieces are pretty cost efficient for the value you get out type of thing so that stuff i might eventually try to make videos about crafting for that, try to give some people idea of good ways to min-max their characters more type of thing, because it's very available <laughs> cost-wise to do that. That's very exciting. I, I hope I get one of these reflecting mist things at some point. <laughs> I'm progressing very slowly, but... That, yeah, that being said, from what I could tell, it's a situation where they probably made it too rare. It feels like ultimatum boss fight, delve boss I'm fight... It's super rare. On the market, you can buy it for one divine, but I've been running the mechanic the entire league. I haven't found it once. Maybe that's too rare type of deal. Now, now, that, now, that, you've, now that you've mentioned the rarity of these things, this is actually... A, tuning of things aside, I'm shocked at how rare all of those little mirrors are. Like, I feel like the ones that just give you a random item that's just randomized, positive and negative, I feel like I should be finding one of them, like, Every second tile on average in my mirrors. Every second tile in the lakes, or you mean yeah. every second lake? Every other no, no every oh, second like, tile yeah, like in my lake, lake should okay. have a random. I'm so just talking about the random item that's mirrored, not like one I can yeah. put in. But you think you should be getting eight to ten per lake that you run? 
Yeah. Okay, interesting. It takes, me, it takes me six maps to, to build one or, or six or eight maps to build one. It's not like an every map thing. And most of them are trash. But it's fun and interesting. And we just, came out, of, we just came out of Recombinators. Yeah. And they're what, scared to give us a random ring with like horrible damage? Most of them are bad. Like, but we should, I feel like we should be shouted. Also, it's Mirror, it's Calandra League. This is the Mirror, Mirrored Things is like the whole theme. And, and we're getting like so few of them. It just feels like there should just be a lot of them. It yeah. It feels like there should be a lot. It's playing the mechanic too safe. Like, oh, I'm yeah. afraid to give you power type of thing, which I think I agree. Making the jeweler, like, it's the funnest part about the league in terms of interesting things you get out of it. To, if it was more common, that would make the mechanic feel way, bad, way, way better reward-wise. Yeah, it's interesting. They it's not about to turn up knobs for rewards, stuff. right? Like, they keep trying to turn up reward knobs. And I'm like, that's not the knob. That's not the one. Turn up the amount of mirrored items we're getting because you can't control them they're almost always trash but it's fun every time i click the mirror i'm like oh i wonder if it's going to be a good thing that's that's the thing it's the the fun it could also be the scenario you where you get the it rules all positive mods like there is that yeah it could happen infinitesimal thing it sits in the back of your mind like it could be the one (laughs) i could i could i could press this thing and it could be a six mod ring with just all positives It, it probably won't happen but it could happen. Yeah. I think one every other tile maybe a bit too much, but I'd like to see a better balance of both it's more common and also it's better on average. Maybe not better in terms of the positives and negatives. I think it, those are fine the way they are, but better in terms of the base items themselves that junk mods have to exist in regular Path of Exile for crafting to function that, you know, the lowest tier of life. Nobody's happy to get that, but it needs to exist. For a system like this, I'd like to see some sort of lucky rolling on it that eliminates like more. The talismans for that one yeah. and only league where talismans were worth picking up? Exactly. I'd like to see that because you can't craft on it here. The whole point of this is you cannot craft on it. Whatever you get, it is. No divining, yeah. no valley, no nothing. Yep. And, and, there'll, and there'll never be any of the specialty mods on it. Like, you're not going to get... Minimum charges and chance to gain charges. You're not going to get minus mana. You're not going to get like anything that's a veiled mod. There's no influence. There's no anything. You can't get any of the specialty things on them. So, like, it has to be good. It would have been cool if they could randomly get influence, even if it can't get influenced mods. But the fact that stuff like, uh, you know, uh, the, the, Shit, I forgot the name. But the Mark of the Shaper ring exists, where if your other ring is a Shaper ring or is an Elder ring, you get a different effect, right? And So, like, uh, it doesn't necessarily roll influence mods, but it could be applicable in one of those builds. Exactly, where... The, what is the the chest piece that gives chaos damage? Uh, elemental is extra chaos per influenced item equipped per Elder item. I forget, I, my brain is lagging. It starts with E. It's Eternity Shroud. Eternity Shroud. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Eternity that's the one. Shroud. My yeah. brain kept saying Ephemeral Edge. Ephemeral Edge. And I was like, that's a sword. That's same, a sword. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I'm probably the weird outlier here, right? I'd, I'd be fine with elite mechanic not being more rewarding than the average content, as long as that elite mechanic gives you access to something that you can't get elsewhere. 
right? Then you'd still be running it, and that would be the value, the more value over other things, even the, if the average economical return is lower. But GGG has stated in the past, I'm pretty sure, I, I couldn't find any snippet on this, but I'm pretty sure if you talk to a GGG member or if you heard Chris talk on a podcast, they would say that or agree that the current league should be the most efficient time that you can spend in a league, right? The current league mechanic should be the best thing that you can do in any given league. And do you think that's currently the case? It's, it doesn't oh, it's seem to be not. quite there. It's absolutely not. Right now, it's still... It's questionable whether you should run it at all if you're like a... I really hate using the term average player, but like, you know, just if you're just like an Elk-and-Go style person, it's questionable whether you should run them at all. They're sort of okay now. At the beginning, they were trash. It's it's a decent amount of loot at this point with the higher elevated tiles in terms of like it's yeah. I'm spending five minutes and I'm getting fifty chaos of rewards or something like that on average. Yeah. It's like a, a decent like, amount of loot. This, at this point, I feel like there's an argument to be made at like the low investment that it's still worth going to. I think you're underestimating it just a little bit. Uh, Maybe I would say even average investment like. Alcan Ghost Stream of Consciousness, you know, rolling over bad maps, chiseling, throwing some scarabs in. I think it is absolutely worth it, but you have to build it intentionally. And I'm actually going to, not to promote myself too much, but I'm going to make a video talking about this because I've seen a lot of people making the mistake of, oh, I'll put a breach right at the end. Oh, I'll put the strong boxes of harbingers right at the end. The thing I started. Right. I did too. And that doesn't scale that much. It actually punishes you for doing that. Uh, the best thing you can put at the end right now is the Untainted Paradise tile. That one false, plus divine. False. Reflection of Calandra. False. <laughs> reflection of Calandra. I won't accept any other answer. It's uh, so good. <laughs> but you get 25% of a level at level 95. It's actually really great. It's in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot. Plus six. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Wait, you can put the reflection of Calandra at the end intentionally. Yes, if you save it for the last tile. If it's the the, the, the reflecting mechanic, not the random the bird responds. Oh, I I've never actually gotten one, so I didn't know that. I've only gone into other people. Do not, under any circumstance, skip over it. I will come to your house and I will have some strong words for you for skipping over the best part of the league. Oh, oh trust me. I'm going talk to, to your mother. <laughs> I'm going to put in my amulet and just buy a new one if it breaks. I'm not skipping. I'm putting my amulet. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Though, if your amulet does have like four good mods and one of those mods going negative breaks it, then you probably should get a specific amulet based on the downsides of it missing being downsides that don't kill you. It has. Um, I'm- I'm gonna roll the dice and need six good mods every every time. <laughs> yeah, my amulet has dot multi and chaos gems. If either of those go negative, that bricks it. But then it has a bunch of other mods that are nice to have, but I can deal with them going negative. Okay, then you have decent odds. If you only care about two mods, that you have good odds. <laughs> And I assume we've all unlocked, or you have all fully unlocked it, seeing that I'm HCSSF and playing very little this league because I'm so busy with other things. I, I'm not quite there yet. I, I'm halfway there. 
I assume you have it fully unlocked and I'm, I assume you're all fine with the degree of agency that we have and the influence that we have on it. But one thing that I really wanted to say, and that's probably turning off a lot of people as well in the, <laughs> I'm not going to use the word average player again, but like from, from the, the, the people who've been very vocal about the league not being that great. Um, I, I think a lot of people have been turned off by the mechanic because on the way to unlocking it all, um, I feel that the agency feels kind of useless almost or like very little because it doesn't really matter that much where you put which tile. And the only thing that really matters in the, the tablet creation process, at least in my feeling, and that may be wrong. Maybe I didn't run enough of them to, to see the value in where I put which tile. But for me, the, the only things I was always looking forward to was swap water with, uh, with, another tile or uh, change water tile into an empty tile. But everything else I was like, well, man, that's cool, but it doesn't really help me build a better lake. It, it like, doesn't help me make the longest chain. Maybe I'm also too hyper-focused on like trying to make the best zigzag long chain on the, on the mean, little grid. But, the chain uh, and the mechanic is very important, and the distance you get certain tiles from it is also very important. The example of like the reflection mechanic is at difficulty 10, it's basically a guaranteed it's doubling your mods at difficulty three. It's like 50% multiplier. So it's like a significant difference in the return you get. And then like the base examples of the thing you're going to see every single lake is you have a one, a one upgrade flame tile or whatever you have that on difficulty one, you're getting like one chaos out of it or a couple outs at difficulty 10, you're getting three chaos, five valves, some chisels, some fusings type of thing. So it definitely is uh, a factor to have that. The distance matters in which tiles you put where, because the league mechanics seem to scale from what I could tell a decent amount less than the like just generic reward tiles with the extra upgrades on it type of thing. And then you want to save your latest tiles in case you get the, the big money, like the paradise or the, reflection for the nice value so you're saying you should put the league specific tiles closer to the entrance because they don't scale as much with distance from the entrance right yes from, from my experience that's yes. definitely the case but yeah, you would still with... run them just one more interjection <laughs> you would still run them because a lot of people have told me that they just straight up skip the first five difficulties first five zones just shield shot through them doesn't matter is that worse okay. depends on I the league that. mechanic I do that. I skip the first five zones. Yeah, it very much depends on the mechanic. I would personally skip a breach. I wouldn't skip a legion. Okay. But true, true. Yeah. Uh, one other thing: there are some mechanics that do scale with distance. If you're interested in that, like uh, sulfite, I don't think it is worth scaling, but it is important to note that it does actually scale. You get more sulfite the later that you put it in the chain. Uh, I don't think harbingers do it all. Essences seem to. Could be placebo effect of me seeing, oh, that, that's an 8-mod essence. It must be scaling. I personally don't put them late, though, because they're kind of just scary when you put them late. 8-mod essence, 10 <laughs> difficulty or higher. You... Yeah. Pinnacle it, boss, maybe. Pinnacle bad boss. Time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do like putting the rarer variety strong boxes later, though. Uh, again, I haven't done enough to scientifically confirm or not, but it feels like it's worth doing with these strong boxes or rare variety, and you can open them additional times. All right. That's good. I think uh, we've covered it all. Are there any points that you guys would like to bring up? Something that we haven't talked about at all? 
any uh, frustrations, any super OP tactics that you may want to misinform other people on so you can take advantage of them for longer. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're coming back, Valor, what are you still looking forward to explore in the league? Are you looking forward to anything at the moment or you still need a couple of days away? Is th there any build you have your eye on? I think there's still quite a lot of emotions going on in my brain that I haven't come to terms with yet because I know this isn't the case, but right now I feel like I don't want to play PU at all. I feel like I didn't even get up to buy Exile Con tickets. I'm sitting here looking at whether I need to rebuild a resume because I'm not sure if this is the game I want to play anymore. And that's, I think, an emotional response. I think if I take a few days away and I play D3 until it gets boring, which is for me usually only three to five days, I think when I come back, I'll be trying some different strategies, some kind of content I don't normally run, the more like Alcan Go style things, like Legion farming style things, and we'll see if that's fun to me. And if not, I will restart in Solo Self Found and see if that's fun. I, I think I think that I just need to like readjust how I play the game and hope that I can find fun in it in other ways that I wasn't expecting. I think that my reactions and feelings right now are just really strong emotional reactions, not like, like it's, it's still how I feel right now. Like I've literally been looking at my resume and wondering whether I continue to be a content creator because I'm like, I don't know if I can play this game for three months, but when I try and think about it logically, I feel like it's probably just an emotional reaction and that if I just take this break away and I play another game for a little bit, I'll probably be able to come back and find fun. And I think it'll be okay. I, I think I'll still find something I enjoy. But it's, it's going to have to be approached from a very different angle than the stuff that I've been doing for the last few years that I've been in love with. And that's, that's quite an adjustment. It's just, it's quite an adjustment to make. And I'm going to, I am going to still come back to PoE this league and I am still going to try and figure out what it is. It's just, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot of emotions going on in my head that I'm trying to, you know, not make all of my decisions just based on extreme emotional reactions. We all appreciate your sacrifice. We appreciate the sacrifice that your, your favorite play style has made to hopefully in the end yield us all a better game. And uh, I, I'm sure, dude, I, I was saying earlier, I'm not sure whether Chris actually wants Juiced content to be worth it or not. I'm pretty sure that from the philosophy that he outlined in the post, they want the, the option for people to put more risk on content and get more rewards. That's clearly something they I, want. The, the, the things that they want is exactly the opposite of what they gave us which actually gives me some faith that gives me some hope for the future. Because what they've described that they want is not what they actually received. It's not what we actually got. And that means mistakes happened. And if, if they like the philosophies, then that means moving forward, we probably get adjusted a little bit back in the direction that I want. 
a little bit back in the direction of the philosophies they've stated. And if that's the case, the game improves again, right? For me, for my playstyle, right? So that's, that's hopefully a good thing. Um, the only real thing we have to overcome now is like, somebody explaining that it actually is the opposite of what they think it is because it looks like they don't know that right now. But, <laughs> you know. I, I think it's just that you have to put out fires and they're putting out the largest fire first, which is how it feels for the average player who is just doing the Alk and Go and such. And once the biggest fire is put out, you move on to the next biggest fire, which is probably Arch Nemesis. And then once that fire is put out, well, what's the next biggest fire? Is it juicing? Is it minions? There's a lot of fires here. And I think it sucks 100%. I completely agree that it sucks right now to have your favorite playstyle gone. But give it some time because they can only work so fast. And I do think they plan to address everything. I just don't know when. And I wish I could say, you know, well, it's going to be a week, but... I don't think even they know. I think they have to just start working on it, see how it goes. Fair take. Lance, do you have any uh, closing remarks as we're trying to round things off here? Uh, what are you looking forward to? Are you still min-maxing your Righteous Fire Trickster, or are you already uh, busy with the next character? I just started a new character, so... For me, it's just about, you know... I'm playing now a Doriani's prototype build. Really excited to abuse the fact you can reverse lightning res on jewelry, and instead of you get three positive mods, you get four positive mods on an item that are very, very strong sort of situation. So I'm just excited to basically play with the mechanic. Of course, thinking, oh man, if there was more jewelry offered more often and they made that mechanic, like, oh, you're going for Calandry for the jewelry, and that's why people are excited about it, that'd be cool, but it's still... It's still going to be, we'll see what, you know, how they adjust things as they go, and we'll see where we end up, type of thing. I'm rooting for them to keep making positive changes that people like, though, and hopefully the community starts giving them more grace on stuff. Yeah, it's important to always, like, take into consideration that with a game like Path of Exile, no change, change is really final. Like I've thought about this uh, like yesterday, I think, when I made my review of Chris Post. And the history of PoE has always been that they change the rules of the game, right? They change single mechanics to be more favorable, more profitable, more efficient in item creation and so on, and others to be uh, less so. And every league is basically a new unsolved puzzle for us, and we have to find out what are the best ways to do things. And in the past, when things were overpowered, when things were overly generous, people were always very eager to build around that situation and to find the best, the most efficient path in this. And now with this patch, we have just a couple more things that are on the negative side and fewer things that are on the positive side. But it's still a puzzle that's unsolved and that requires to be solved and i've seen a lot of content creators who normally don't don't get in a spotlight in the sun right who have now been able to show off hey we, we've made insane amounts of currency because the people who normally make the amounts of currency quit the game and we found other ways to make currency and they're just, excited and i just i just need i, I really need to pull into the middle of that just because there's been a few of those hanging around 
And I'm not going to mention the specific ones that I'm thinking of, but I know we all know what it is. <laughs> we all know what, and I want to give that absolute, I don't want to give that another view at all. So I'm not going to mention who it was. <laughs> I think but, there's other legitimate just, groups. Just, just a, a thing. It's not that us, it's not that big juicer parties weren't able to make money, by the way. Uh, it's that, and it's not that the people who have now made money learned how to adjust. Like you didn't, you didn't come up with running five ways, right? It's, it's not a brand new idea. It's just boring content that none of us wanted to run. We're very aware that it's super profitable. You, we, you could take the full group into into just simulacrums and just make an absolute killing in money, like an absolute killing. But it's boring, and we don't want to. It's not a. It's not a. Oh, we're in. We're unable to adapt. It's that the things available still to adapt to aren't fun for those people. That's 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 why they stopped. Not because like, oh, I can't figure out how to adapt. It's just like that's not fun. Let's try this. This is also not working. It's not fun. This is also not working. What is left that does work? Oh, only those options. Those aren't the things that are fun to us. Oh well, bye bye. There's nothing left. Right. I think part of a problem is two different things get lumped together. There's, I'm broke and I don't know what to do. And there's, I'm not having fun. If you're broke, the answer is to adapt. There are yeah. plenty of ways in this league to not be broke. If you're not having fun, that's a very different story. For some people, it is a matter of adapting, saying, oh, I'm going to do this other thing that I find fun that I haven't done for a while. And then for some people, they're... Ne- isn't necessarily that. It could be taking a break from Path of Exile, waiting for 320, playing another game for a weekend, thinking about what do you want to do that excites or interests you. Yeah, and I, I didn't specifically mean in the fun side, even though I think there may be still things that you haven't considered, that you haven't tried out, that could still be fun to you, like uh, what Lance said with the hunting the fractured items. Uh, or uh, any number of things could be out there that are not explored. But I also meant like with the, the crafting pathways that have been shaken up by the change of harvest, there, there's always like things to figure out about the state of the game. That's what I was trying to say. Not necessarily that you're wrong for not having fun with uh, what is being offered. Um, that That's, of course, you, you're allowed to feel that way. I'm just saying there may be something that you're right now not considering at all that may be very fun to you in Path of Exile. That, yeah, that is what I hope to find when I come back after D3 gets boring. Like I said, D3 never lasts more than three to five days. It's a very fun game, by the way. If anyone's really sick of like hearing about PoE right now or needs a break, absolutely give D3 a go. It's super fun for three to five days. You'll Wait, get... Then that's, that's a good no, solid break. No, no, you're not endorsing Blizzard on this podcast. <laughs> All right, Tanky, uh, what is your excitement currently focused on in in the close future? Uh, Fixing my build again, because I've been torn between I want to play this and I also want to play that, where my original idea was Poisonous Concoction Pathfinder into Scourge Arrow Pathfinder. The problem is Poisonous Concoction is actually really fun. And so I've been sitting on the fence and just farming currency between 
well, do I want to go Scourge Arrow or do I want to stay Poisonous Concoction? And I think I've decided for now, for maybe a few more days, maybe a week, I'm going to play Poisonous Concoction, get that out of my system, and then I'm going to go Scourge Arrow. <laughs> for maybe another week, I'm going to play this build just while I'm just while I'm deciding. That's like, I go through three builds in a week or two builds in a week if I have the time or the currency to try different builds. That's uh, crazy to me. I played two builds total last league. I uh, that, we're different people. That's what I can, That's what I've gathered from that statement. <laughs> I also invest a lot more in those builds. The first one, I'm just going to pick random numbers here. They're probably not correct. I'm going to say 400 x on the first, and I'm going to say a thousand on the second. Yeah, I progressively. What I do is I, I get money the first week, and then I go through a recycling pattern where I basically lose 80 percent of the value each time I sell my gear. And my builds get progressively worse because I have no interest in actually doing the hard work and earning more money. And until by the end of the league, I have basically. <laughs> Are you doing that backwards? Uh, I do. Yeah, I was gonna say I do the opposite. I go, oh, but I need to craft an upgrade. Hmm. Here, I guess twenty divines now. Hmm, I'm gonna sell all that stuff. Wait, we thought one item just sold for thirty-five. Hmm. Well, you, I guess you, I just have a bigger budget. You're doing you're doing it backwards. What you're supposed to do is get good deals off the market, craft your own gear, build your 10x build, enjoy it for a few days, sell the whole build for 15. You've yeah. made five while you were playing, and now your next build can be 20, and then you play that for a few days, and then you sell it for 30, and you found another five, and now your budget's 35. This is supposed to get better, not worse here's, here's progressively. Factor, you gotta pick a build <laughs> where the items you make for it are niche enough that no one else wants them, okay? So that way, you're screwed <laughs> and maybe a couple items resell because they're generic for some reason, and that's how you lose value. It's a, it's a, it's a technique <laughs> I've developed over the years. I did that once, and two days after, I picked out all my niche gear, Mathel made a build using the same gear. I instantly made 160 exalts. I was going to say, you just need to have that, that, that sweet, sweet direct message link to Mathel and, and sort of like just soft find out what the next Mathel build is going to be. Or, I mean, you could just be... I mean, Balor is as big enough as a content creator. If Balor does something that is really good, like the, the cloak strat last league, uh, that, that also affects the economy quite a bit. So... Just Balor, make yeah, make your well, next uh, cloak build. Like, what, 30, 40x or something stupid, like, within a week. <laughs> right. Yeah, as as for myself, I, I'm still stuck on my uh, Absolution Guardian, and I intend to be until it uh, inevitably dies in HCSSF, because I intend to run a couple of lakes, and I think those lakes are going to kill me, because uh, they're they're quite hard. They have a lot of uh, difficulty and distance from the origin, and probably so not going to be able to let them. Is this a suicide go. mission? What? What? Is, what's going on here? I just, I, I think I'm like you. I like to roll different builds, but I always hold on to the build until it dies, and and so I have to. I, you know, as I get frustrated with my build that I'm currently playing, I need to run more risky and risky content until it finally. Uh, yeah, yeah, gets transferred, and then I have a reason to roll a new build. Because if I roll a new build, I'd always be feeling like I'm missing out on on running the profitable content with the old build. But then again, maybe there's still are there still buffs to the lake coming? 
maybe if there's still buff to lakes coming, I could bench the build right. for a while, make another build, and then come back to the there's build. There's definitely another one. I, I think they're probably done buffing the lake. I, uh, I think there's one more. Ne- uh, yeah. Probably needs one more, but I don't know. I think there's one more. one more. Let's I go one more. Keep Catmaster alive. I think it's it's this close to being worth my time as a solo player. I just I want one more round, and then I'll actually run lakes. All right, that I mean that that's a positive statement. If anything, see, Balor like went from he's completely done to he's excited to to run lakes as long as they get just one more buff. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard him puffing some copium right there. Just took a quick dose. Possibly. I'm drawing on a tank that's nearly empty, but I'm still trying. I'm still trying. Wait, how do you have any left after the headhunter changes last league? I had a... The headhunter was buffed last league. Strongest it's nice. ever been. <laughs> 60 <laughs> seconds of racial really good, really fun. Yeah, yeah. You should have heard him, though, before that. Oh, yeah. That was... A, yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it seems bad, but it gets better. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think this is a good point. I think we've all at least found some some positive thing and some uh, spark of hope for the future. And uh, at least those who needed one. I mean, I'm excited to see what's coming. I know that on a bad league, usually follows a good league. GGG is very good at following up leagues that are not very crowd-pleasing with absolute crowd-pleasers. Now, I don't want to put this really high pressure on them with my expectation. Pressure is so momentous now. But, but it's all on. Remember, after... Uh, what was after Blight? Metamorph. That was a really good, uh, good expansion, right? What was after Synthesis? Legion. Yeah, that was also acceptable. Uh... Hey, Legion was a great league. It was. It was had a cool mechanic. If you like running glacier, was amazing. I, I preferred synthesis to legion. As a hundred times over, synthesis is so much better. <laughs> I think synthesis was deeply flawed, but a really cool concept. And the lake is kind of synthesis, but done way better. Like in terms of a nexus part, very bad rewards, basically. Yeah, low reward. Yeah, but concept-wise, like how you build it and all that. I really like that part of it. I really like that you're not just given league rewards, you're given league content. There's a lot of good ideas from Lake that even if the rewards end up mediocre thoroughly for the rest of the league, GG is going to learn from it and implement better stuff in the future as a result. I think so. I, I hope that we can all, as a community, and hopefully the developers, like look back at this time at some point and say this was a really, really important phase for all all of us to grow to what we eventually grew to be afterwards, and uh, and uh, yeah, and just leave all the negativity behind us and enjoy the great game that Path of Exile still is. Because honestly, I do think that. It's not even close. Like there is no game on the market that is even close to Path of Exile as the best ARPG out there. And uh, yeah, even even though we have some, yeah, D three comes really close for Valor. But <laughs> for what the fans. hell? He plays it for three days tops. That's come on. Now be honest. Three days tops. Uh, anyway, it's five days tops. Just to be. 
Five five is like the end. End end. So you play you play POE for six days occasionally? Is that I mean the, I didn't make it to six this league. Okay. So but every other league from the beginning of time. Yeah. 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 So I'll try once again. I've tried already five times. We're wrapping things up here, guys. No one is allowed to talk past this point. Uh, the, the podcast is not supposed to be longer than two hours when we upload it because we're doing an experiment currently. So, guys, if you missed the beginning of the podcast, it's uploaded in full to all the podcast platforms to my YouTube. Uh, I want to wholeheartedly thank Valor Mage for coming on in this difficult time when he's already busy with his new main game. And, of course, uh, Captain Lance <laughs> has already extensively... Uh, talked about Path of Exile yesterday on Bayclast, which was, by the way, possibly my favorite episode ever, because I felt really well represented, and I felt like almost before this episode started, I almost felt like I have nothing to talk about, because everything has already been addressed. All I can do is parrot Bayclast again. So, good job on there, and uh, and thanks, Tanky, for coming on. Guys, I'm gonna put some shoutouts in chat, so you know where you can find these awesome content creators. Leave them at the very least. Follow, support their journey, and... Um, yeah, check out the podcast in full. Um, we're going to have another episode coming up where we don't 100% have the confirmed guest. I can tell you that Palsteron is going to be there. I don't know whether Valor is going to be there, but hopefully by that time the Copium tank has got some uh, refill. Um, Wednesday evening, 9 p.m., Palsteron and another surprise guest if he says yes. Otherwise, we'll have to see what we can do. Um, and... Uh, until then, I hope you guys find as much positivity as we were able to find in these dire times and have a wonderful time. Bye bye. <laughs>